Scripture reading today is from Romans chapter 14, verses 1 to 23. If you're using the Blue Pew Bible in front of you, it's on page 948. Romans 14, 1 to 23. Please follow along as I read from God's holy and inerrant word. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains. And let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. The faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats, because the eating is not from faith. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated.
I grew up in a uh, pretty legalistic uh, church where there were a lot of rules and regulations. Uh, once Elliot uh, went to a ballroom dancing class and she got in trouble. Is that right? Was that wrong? Um, when I was uh, growing up, I was taught that drinking was wrong. And uh, that refers to any alcoholic beverages. Therefore, when I go to a wedding and, and champagne is offered, I say, well, should I drink it or should I not drink it? Should I confront those that uh, are drinking champagne? Well, the Bible did not say anything specifically about drinking champagne. You know, many times Scripture provides guidelines for our decision-making. It is clear where it is right or wrong. Yet, uh, there are other times where it, uh, it is not clear from Scripture. It is not black and white. It is more like gray. It is uh, during those times that we get into conflict with one another. As you remembered, uh, our conscious only deals with categories that are right and wrong. It does not deal with gray areas. However, uh, we do have Christian liberty that gives us freedom of our conscience. Well, what freedom do we have and how do we go about um, understanding how to use that freedom in a proper manner. And if we're not careful, we can abuse that Christian liberty that God has given to us. And as we continue in this series on conscience, Paul in Romans 14 gives us some principles as to what we ought to do when we face gray areas. Now, this passage can be divided into two sections. The first part talks about the believer's responsibility, and the second part talks about God's responsibility. It shows us what we should do and what we should not do. So let's look at that first part. And if you have your um, bulletin, you can open it up. Uh, there is a sermon outlined in close. We'll look at... Um, First of all, the believer's responsibility. So the first major point is that no believer should be, should be judged by another believer's down here. Okay? If you have your Bibles, uh, turn to Romans chapter 14. And we'll begin verse 1. It says, accept him, I'm reading from the NIV, accept him whose faith is weak without passing judgment on disposable matter. We see clearly that there are disunity here among the believers in Rome. Christians here were judging one another. And the apostle Paul here makes a clear statement saying that they should not judge one another. Matter of fact, he says that you should accept him whose faith is weak. 
Paul makes it clear, not only to accept, but not to judge one another. As you remember last week's uh, sermon, Pastor Jason talks about, uh, there's, about Paul referring to two groups of people, those that are weak conscious and those that have strong conscience. Now, in Corinth, uh, there were the new Gentile believers as well as old-timer Jewish believers. And we see that uh, it might appear that Paul uh, might be labeling weak and strong as a value judgment, uh, declaring that some Christians might be better spiritually one way over another. But that is really not the case. When Paul speaks about one that has a weak conscience, he's not insulting them. By weak, he just uh, means that the individual's conscience is easily wounded. He is super sensitive to right and wrong, and particularly when he was dealing with uh, what they ate, and, and particularly meat that were offered to idols. Now, to the weak conscious, or someone that might be a new believer, uh, that are not theologically informed, they don't possess the knowledge on that point. And that's why their conscience is restricting them. It's telling them that it would be wrong to partake the meat that was offered to idols. So the strong conscience, or some of the older believers on a particular issue, simply means that their position is more theologically informed, that they possess some knowledge that frees them to partake the, the meat that was offered to idol. Because they see it is neither morally good or neutral, and that makes, makes, it, makes it for them that has strong conscience, it's okay to go ahead and eat it. So here, back to Rome here, there's conflict between those that have a weak conscience as well as those that have strong conscience. And as a result, they start judging one another. And for those that have strong conscience, they're tempted to, to, to kind of be prideful about their knowledge. They think they know better than the others. They tend to look down at the others. I'm going to lift up their chin, so I'm glad I'm not like one of those. On the other hand, uh, we see those that have a conscious feeling that uh, eating the meat that was offered to idol is not right. They would judge the other believers, condemning them because they're not spiritual. If they were spiritual, they would not eat this idol meat. We see both the weak conscious person as well as the strong conscious person thought that they were right and that the other person is weak. They were both judging each other by criticizing and condemning each other. And we see Paul in verse 1 here. He says, instead of passing judgment upon one another, we are to accept one another. This word accept 
means to receive or to welcome. It gives the connotation of befriending or showing hospitality. And we see from the, the next couple of verses that there are two matters of conflict among the believers. First of all, the matter of uh, diet or food, or, or what they should eat or not to eat. And, and secondly, the matter of uh, holy days, or what, what might be sacred and what might not be sacred. These uh, disputable matters are not essential to our belief. Now, we aren't to be so bent out of shape when we talk about secondary issues. The passage here is not dealing with the clear commandments of God. It is dealing with behaviors that had clear differences in opinions. There should be no dispute over commandments of God from Scripture. We ought to obey them. So let's look at verses 2 and 3 and see these two, uh, uh, these matters as a hand. Verse 2 says, one man's faith allows him to eat everything, but another man whose faith is weak eats only vegetable. The man who eats everything must not look down on him who does not, and the man does not eat everything must not condemn the man who does, for God has accepted him. Basically, we see here that the conscience of both groups of people are telling them as to what they ought to do. Those who had a strong faith or those that have a strong conscience, they understand Christian liberty. They understand that it was okay for them to eat. Idols are really nothing. And therefore, meat offered up to idols uh, does not really mean anything. On the other hand, we see those that are weak in faith or those that are weak conscious feel that it is wrong to offer up, to, to eat meat that is offered up to idols because many of them have a background of worshiping idols and it will seem as sinful to be eating meat that is offered to idols. And, and we see here the conscious is telling those both these two groups of people, both the, 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 the weak conscious as well as those that are strong conscious, that, uh, you know, what is right and what is wrong. And yet, at the same time, they had opposite views. The one that um, has strong conscious and didn't start looking down at those that uh, were at odds with them. Stating that, hey, you know, they, they really don't know the truth that's written in the Bible. They're criticizing them for their legalism. And those that only ate vegetables are condemning the others, claiming that they are not spiritual. You know, as we look at the uh, uh, contemporary uh, illustration, uh, one, one example might be to, uh, drinking alcohol. Those who are strong conscious feel free to drink in moderation. But recognizing that drinking to excess can be wrong because it leads to drunkenness. Others might feel it is wrong altogether 
because maybe they might have had some alcohol issue in the past. And it's easy to pass judgment upon one another. And we see here, Paul, in verse 1, it says that instead of passing judgment, we ought to accept one another, welcome them, receive them well. And these disputable matters are not essential to our core belief. And sometimes we consider these disputable matters as rules, which then leads us to want to judge others upon these rules. We hold strong convictions to these man-made rules that it can become legalistic and we might impose them upon others. There are various great issues that might be disputable as we talk about it today. We mentioned about alcohol, but some also have some issue, maybe of playing cars, dancing, or even investing in the stock market, tattoos, or should we be going to a gay wedding or not? Um, may we not make it a rule when Scripture does not say clearly on it. We don't want our conscience to be stricken or loosened than Scripture. Scripture still needs to be uh, our final authority. There are two rules or matters that were being disputed here. First was the matter of diet, as to what they should eat or not eat, and particularly pertaining to the meat that was offered to idols. The second matter deals with sacred days or holy days. One uh, man would consider one day more sacred than another. And yet another man would say, well, every day is sacred. Well, um, there is a controversy over days, uh, and they might probably be referring to the Sabbath. You see, for the for the Christian Jews, their conscience says that we have to uphold to the Sabbath because that's what the law has to say. Yet we see other Christians, they have a different position. Uh, they argue that every day is equally special to serve the Lord. Well, the believer is not to worship the day, but to worship the Lord of all days. Well, how are they to resolve these differences? Well, if you looked at verse 5, it gives us a, a principle. Verse 5, it says, Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. Basically, Paul is saying that everyone must decide for himself what is acceptable. This is not a black and white issue. And there are good reasons either way. On non-essential matters, both views can be right with God. Each person is free to follow the conviction of conscience. 
let our conscience make the decision. Now, notice that both of these individuals, whether the, the weak conscious individual as well as those that have a strong conscience, that they both have a right heart before God. They both want to give thanks to the Lord. They both want to honor and please God. They both have proper attitude. If the Lord convicts you that something might be wrong in your life, you better not do it. Even if other Christians might be doing it. So instead of judging our brother, Paul commands us to accept one another on these non-essential matters. Well, what is the reason to accept our brothers and not judge? And we see this in verses 7 and 8. Verse 7, it says, For none of us lives to himself alone, and one of us dies to himself alone. If we live, we live to the Lord, and we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. So whether we live or die, the, the key here is that we all belong to the Lord. See, God has uh, accepted us, both those that have a weak conscience as well as those that have a strong conscience. We are all sinners, and Christ has died for all of us, that we all belong to the Lord. In 2 Corinthians 5.15, it says, And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. See, God has accepted us, whether we have a strong or weak conscience. And the Lord alone is really the, has the right to judge others. And believers, we should not play God or try to be like God to judge others for we do not belong to one another. Instead, we all belong to the Lord. Therefore, we are also to accept our brothers. We might have different perspective on non-essential matters, but yet we see that God still accepts all of us. Likewise, we are to accept one another. Now, when we talk about um, Christian liberty, there could be two extremes when we talk about Christian liberty. On the one hand, we become legalistic by setting extra rules that might not be in Scripture. On the other hand, we see that, uh, we, we could say that, hey, we, we are free to do whatever we wanted to do. And that would be abusing Christian liberty. So in verses 1 to 8, which we cover, we're, we're, not, we're, we're not to criticize others' legalism. Yet we see in verses 13 to 23, we are not to corrupt our liberty the same time. See, both extremes 
are not right. We need to have a proper balance by not becoming a stumbling block, but by becoming a stepping stone instead. Let's look in verse 13. It says, Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in your brother's way. What Paul is saying here is that there might be good reason, a good and lawful reason to, put, put, to behave in a particular way. But let us not impose it upon another and make that person, make, make a stumbling block to that brother because that brother might be less informed about what Scripture has to say. So Paul makes it clear that we're not to judge, but to accept. There's another thing that we are not to do, and we see it here. It says that believers are not to be a stumbling block to another brother. We see here in verse 13 that God commands us not to be a stumbling block. The word stumbling block means an obstacle place in the way of someone. It has the understanding of leading to or causing someone to sin. You see, the, the mature believer is not to permit good and lawful things to be viewed as evil and lawless. In addition, the mature Christian is not to forget that love is more important than personal liberty. Let's look at verse 15. Verse 15 says, If your brother is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. Do not, by your eating, destroy your brother's for whom Christ died. We'll use love as a basis to decide what we need to do when there is a gray area of conflict. Love is wanting the very best for the person that you love. See, out of love, we put other person's desires above ourselves. We're willing to forego our personal liberties in order not to stumble a brother. Now, this is, that does not mean that uh, we do whatever the other person thinks, but uh, we need to understand that it, it is not talking about things that are clear scripturally. Now, the reason why we should yield our personal liberties for brothers, because Christ died for us, died for all of us. And if Christ loved uh, the weak, conscious person as well as a strong, conscious person, we should also love him as well and be willing to give up some of our personal preference. Now, instead of judging others, we really need to judge ourselves. May we examine ourselves to make sure that we're not 
a stumbling block to others. If a believer is constantly looking at themselves and guarding themselves from becoming a stumbling block, he will not have time to be judging another brother. May we not only take our own thinking into consideration when we make a decision, but may we take consideration what our brother might be thinking and feeling as well. And out of love, may we be willing to put others above ourselves. And out of love, may we be willing to forego certain Christian liberty that we have when we know that there might be a brother that has a weak conscience before us. Let's take a look in verses 19 verse through verse 21. And it says, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean, but it is wrong for a man to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or to do anything else that will cause your brother to fall. So instead of being a stumbling block, may we be a stepping stone as we seek peace, as we seek mutual edification. An example, going back to this drinking situation, a brother has the liberty to drink champagne. Scripturally, doesn't have anything to say about that. However, because he realizes Another brother who might have had some uh, negative understanding of alcohol, uh, this person that has a strong conscience chooses not to drink the champagne, although he has every right to do so. He makes a sacrifice in order not to stumble this brother that might have a weak conscience. So instead of stumbling him, we ought to be a stepping stone. We're to edify others, look at ways how we could build them up instead of tearing them down. Now, we um, have looked at the responsibility of believers. Uh, we are not to judge, but we are to uh, accept one another. Uh, we are not to st- be a stumbling block but be a stepping stone. Now, I'd like to look at what's God's role. God's role. And we see this in verses 9 to verse 12. Basically, it says that every believer will be judged by the Savior up there. We, and may we, uh, learn not to try to be God or play God, we should allow God to be God. Uh, We are going to be held accountable to him. And we need to accept the lordship of Christ. Notice in verse 9, it says, For this reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. 
You see, because of the death and resurrection of Christ, we're no longer condemned. Instead, Christ has paid the penalty for us all, freeing us from eternal condemnation. And therefore, we really owe our lives to him, just as Christ has accepted us to be his child, we also need to accept the lordship of Christ, that he is our Lord, and he is our master, and we are to obey as well as to please him, and we are to live for him and not for ourselves. And a lot of times when we're behaving, we're just thinking about ourselves instead of what God might be thinking and recognizing that uh, what he has to say toward us. So when we judge others, we are elevating ourselves above others. And because Christ is Lord and should be our Lord, He has the right to judge, not ourselves. Let's look in verse 10 to 12. It says, You then, why do you judge your brother? Or why do you look down on your brother? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, saith the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will confess to God. So then, each of us will give an account of himself to God. Not only are we to accept the lordship of Christ, we are also to leave the judgment to God. Don't compound our problem up there when we get there by judging our brother down here. Why do we play God thinking that we are the ultimate judge by criticizing and condemning others? May we recognize that God's going to be the ultimate judge. And we're all going to stand before him. And we're all going to be accountable to him. So let's not be judging one another, particularly under these non-essential things. Let's accept one another, just as Jesus has accepted us. And may we, out of love for our brother, seek not to be a stumbling block, but to be a stepping stone. May we seek to build them up. May our love we'd be willing to forego some of our Christian liberty um, and not stumble on brother. Let's bow for prayer. Father, we uh, thank you for the liberty that you have given to us. And Lord, may, may we uh, be wise as to how to utilize that, Lord. Uh, may we not be a stumbling block but may we be a stepping stone. May we be in position to um, take consideration of what uh, a brother might be thinking and feeling um, and be willing to make sacrifices um, for them. Uh, Lord, uh, we thank you for the series that we've been talking about, our conscience, and indeed you use our conscience uh, to, to make decisions. But indeed, we need to calibrate it according to the Word of God. And may we truly um, express our love um, by
by considering the well-being of others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's join us as we celebrate the unity we have with Christ and with one another uh, with this song.